Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and we are going into week six of the NFL in the NFC West. Once again, just to recap what we have in the NFC West, you have the Seahawks undefeated with Mr. Unlimited. They're at 5-0. They came off a dramatic, dramatic Sunday night football game in which Russell Wilson drove his football team down against the Vikings. Fourth and goal and connected with DK Metcalf for the win at Seattle. Awesome win. Seahawks are 5-0. and And for that victory, um, not necessarily because of the victory, but they're on a bye week this week, which is awesome. They can recover and get ready for the next game at hand for week seven. It's worth noting that Jamal Adams has been hurt the last couple weeks. And so theoretically speaking, I'm expecting Jamal Adams back after the bye week. So great job, Seattle. Rams, they are 4-1, and one, coming off a pretty convincing win against the Washington football team. 30-10, to 10, and this defense is playing at a top 10 level. Actually, both sides of the football field are playing excellent right now. So you have the Rams. Their offense, they're a top 10 unit in terms of offensive numbers and defense, top 10. And so out of the division, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals, Niners, this is the only team within the division in terms of balance where their defense and offense are top 10 in the NFL. And so they are coming off 30-10 to 10 in which they sacked the Washington football team eight times. They knocked out Kyle Allen and, you know, all fields aside, Alex Smith, who has not played a game in forever, coming off, obviously, a very tumultuous injury. He came in and, and true to form. So Aaron Donald sucked the shit out of Alex Smith, but you know, glad to see Alex Smith back into football and to see him get on the football field. But the Rams took care of business, thirty to ten. Third place, you have the Cardinals, three and two, and they're coming off a convincing win against the Jets. Nothing to really see here per se. They just they just got the job done. You know, they uh, they went to New York, they beat the Jets thirty to ten, and. It's kind of like the same score as the Rams 30-10 to 10 against the Washington football team. But the biggest thing that came out of this game is, despite coming out with the win at New York, they fly back home, but they're going to be without their best pass rusher. Yeah, the Cardinals edge guy, Chandler Jones, you might have heard of him. Yeah, he is officially on season-ending IR. Tough blow. Uh, it is a bicep injury from what I understand. It was announced on Wednesday that it will be season ending. He's going to be out for about three to four months. So a speedy recovery for Chandler Jones. And he's, I mean, he's getting up there in age. But man, I mean, he's coming off an amazing season. Last year, he had like 19 sacks. And so they had high hopes for him and this defense to take the next step collectively in the NFC West division. But, you know, I think that they're going to have to figure it out. Who's going to step up for Chandler Jones? You have Hassan Riddick, former first-round pick, kind of a tweener. They've used him at both middle linebacker and edge. It would be nice if he were to emerge, all things considered. He's in the last year of his rookie deal. Kylie Fitz, Dennis Gardick. Gardick, an undrafted free agent. It's worth noting that he had two sacks last Sunday, first time playing as a Cardinal. So there's some wiggle, but... It's not going to be easy for the Cardinals because their defense was already kind of on skates to begin with. Last, not least, well, I hope not, but San Francisco 49ers. 
two and three. They are last in the division for now, and they are coming off a pretty shitty loss at home because now they are 0-3 at San Francisco, a.k.a. Santa Clara, Levi Stadium, what have you. But yeah, really tough loss. I mean, this game was essentially decided at halftime. Dolphins 43, Niners 17. This was an ugly game in which Ryan Fitzpatrick from the Dolphins hung them up for 350 yards passing, three touchdowns. Secondary issues, offensive line issues, three and outs. It was it was a pretty ugly game for the Niners. And to make matters worse, I mean, Jimmy G, who was, you know, everyone was so happy to have him come back off of injury. Well, you know, he's not 100%. You saw that with this high ankle sprain in which couldn't get the footing. He was getting hit. Uh, the pocket was getting compromised. And he threw two picks. He threw two picks and, like, Right before halftime, and after that, they they pulled him. So, this is a Niners team in which we'll, we'll talk about in a cool minute. But this is a Niners team that, you know, they have to get their shit together because this was supposed to be the easy part of their schedule, and now they have the gauntlet coming up in which they play the Rams on Sunday night, and you got the Patriots at New England. So, it, yeah, it's not gonna get easier for the Niners. And so, when you look at this NFC West division overall. In comparison to like what I don't know the NFC East, shout out to the NFC East. But in comparison to that division, I mean this division's still pretty tough. Seahawks five and zero, Rams four and one, Cardinals three and two, Niners two and three. All right, let's go ahead and segue to Week Six. Okay, so NFC West Week Six right here, because the Seahawks have a bye, uh, and the Niners and Rams are playing on Sunday night. Uh, there's only two games in the division to talk about, which I don't mind. Uh, a little bit less of a load for me to talk about, but let's go ahead and get it. So you have Sunday night football game. You have the Rams 3-1 and against the Niners 2-3, and three, and then you have the Cardinals at Dallas for Monday night football. So pretty cool. NFC West, you get both primetime games uh, for week six, and so let's have at it for the matchups, okay? So the Rams are 3-1, Niners 2-3. and three. This is a game in which... Well, obviously, divisional games matter, but for these Niners, this is a this is a team that is looking to get some clarity. Uh, they are playing at home again, but I mentioned before, they're 0-3. They haven't been playing their best football on both sides of the football. Their offensive line has been compromised. Their secondary has been eh. Richard Sherman is not expected to play this game. Mosley is coming back off of a concussion, but their pass rush isn't the same. No D4, no, no Nick Bosa. And this offense as a whole, this is an offense that has been inconsistent, um, just to say the least in terms of their identity. And I think a lot of it has to do with pass protection, um, getting behind early in games in which they have to abandon the run. Uh, This is a team that is trying to find some sort of chemistry with their offense because, I mean, Jimmy G hasn't been healthy. Debo just got back from his foot. Kittle is finally healthy. I mean, they haven't really been in cohesion up until like last week where they were playing on the same field together, but that didn't really happen because, yeah, the game got out of hand. So this Niners team, honestly, I won't say it's morale, but they need to win on prime time to really show to the national audience that they are still in consideration. I mean, if they were to fall to two and four and especially losing to the Rams, I mean, that is that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. 
But then conversely, I mean, you're looking at a hot Rams team in which, like I mentioned before, on both sides of the football field, they're getting it done. Top 10 in both defense and offense. And shout out to Aaron Donald for always holding it down. Seven and a half sacks right now. He is on pace to beat Michael Strahan's record. I think it's like, what, 24, 25 sacks? But he's at a a nice pace in terms of rushing the passer and once again, you know, doing defensive player of the year things, which is what Aaron Donald does year over year. So right now, the Rams, they are tied for the most sacks in the league with 20. They had eight sacks against the Washington football team last week. And so for them, I think they should feel pretty good about themselves. I mean, they are playing at a very high level right now. Jerry Goff, all those... I don't know, deficiencies, those question marks that you saw last season is no longer the case. And I think it's because their offensive line has played a lot better. Their offensive line, uh, to their credit, they didn't do much in the offseason. They just wanted to have the same team, same squad, and let the contingency um, kind of shine over any new talent that they would have found in the offseason. And that's exactly what is happening. So when I look at this Niners-Rams game, Sunday Night Football, it's an interesting one. Kind of trappy because, like I mentioned before, these Niners aren't playing well. These Rams are. But the Rams are only favored by three on the road over under 52. And is this a trap game for the Rams? Uh, Because this is a desperate Niners team in need of a win, a need of a victory. This is the first game of their gauntlet of really tough games for their, what, five, six-game stretch. And so they need to set the tone right. Uh Maybe it's a trap game. Uh, I can certainly say that for this Niners team, this is going to be, you know, outside of playing the Rams who are, you know, within your division, obviously that's a big ordeal. But this is a Rams team when you look at the Rams, the Seahawks, the Patriots, the Saints, like those, the Packers, that's on that schedule for the Niners. But the Rams are the only team with such good balance on both sides of the football. Typically speaking, you know, you have one team that's really good on offense, not so much defensively, or vice versa, good defense, bad offense. But uh, the Rams have been able to get it done on both sides of the field. If I haven't said that already, I'll I'll say it for like the nth time over. They are well-balanced. They are playing very well. I think that the only caveats where the Niners could really take advantage would be um, their, their run game. So you saw Raheem Mostert, he only had 11 carries for 90 rushing yards last week. Played good. He looked the part off of injury. He looked fast, fast as shit. But they got away from the run game because the game got out of hand where they couldn't go to the run game. Theoretically speaking, I'd like the Niners to get Mostert or Jarek McKinnon involved in the run game early, the screen game, something to get the ball in their hands just because the, the Rams, while they are a very good defense right now, they aren't the best against the run. Um you know, in between the tackles. I think they're like, what, in the teens, don't quote me, but they're they're an okay unit defending the run. So the Niners need to, I mean, I'm sure they want to. They were trying to do it against the Dolphins, but they got to run the football. They got to run the football well. Um, but that won't happen unless we see some mobility, some uh, some prowess, so, some something much better than what we saw last week. But you need Jimmy G to play a much better football game this time around, despite having that nagging high ankle sprain. Uh, Jimmy G should be better this time around with another week of recovery and practice with that ankle. But, you know, at the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan even alluded to it. You know, it's an injury that's going to linger throughout 
the rest of the season, and he just has to make plays despite what injuries you're dealing with right now. So Jimmy G and this offensive line, I mean, it's not going to get any easier. Against the Dolphins last week, I mean, they're like middle of the pack defensively in terms of a pass rush, and they got to the quarterback. So Jimmy G and this offensive line, they're, they're going to get their hands full against Aaron Donald, obviously, and, and the rest of their defensive front. They need to do a better job. Are they going to roll out Jimmy G more? Are they going to do bootleg? I, I, I don't know. But they got to do something different. They got to do something to get Jimmy G in a rhythm. And they need this offense to move the chains. Because right now, I think their offensive efficiency on first down is pretty shit. It's pretty bad. And when you're bad on first down, that sets it up for second and long. And then you're at third. And it's really hard to go first down, chain for chain, and have sustainable drives. More than that, you're going to get a lot of three and outs. And that's what the Niners have been dealing with. So on the other side for the Rams, when the Rams have the football, you're looking at a Niners secondary that is and remains depleted, okay? Mentioned before, no Sherman, Moser's coming back. You have Jason Verrett, but, you know, I can roll with that. I'm looking at some of the tape that the Dolphins did against the Niners at the same place, at home, at Levi's, and, yeah, they can be had. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily going to, I don't know, put Brian Allen back in the fray and get exposed, but um, Niners are a little bit more healthy, but that shouldn't matter anyways. I think the Rams and their receivers, their, their yak receivers for yards after the catch, they do a great job. I think they should be able to take care of business against the Niners secondary. I'm looking at you, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, um, shoot, even some Tyler Higby down the seam. Uh, Quan Alexander, the Niners inside linebacker, is out with an ankle sprain. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple things that the, the Rams have at their advantage. Uh, you know, conversely, when they run the football, whether it's with Malcolm Brown or with Daryl Henderson, I mean, they have a decent enough run game. Cam Akers came back rookie out of injury, and so um, they can certainly do a pretty balanced attack as well. Both the Niners and the, the Rams are very much cut from the same cloth when you look at Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan and what they like to do with some of the um, philosophies of their offenses. Conversely, when the Niners are on defense, their pass rush obviously isn't the same without Bosa nor without Ford. But at the very least, I mean, Jared Goff, he's certainly capable. He's kind of mobile, but generally speaking, he is a stationary quarterback. And this time around, thankfully, I mean, the Niners have struggled uh, defending mobile quarterbacks. You know, they... They tend to get out the pocket and really gauge these Niners for yards. I don't think that's really going to happen with Jared Goff. And so you have that, yeah, at least you have that going for you. All in all, I mean, if you just look at this on paper, the Rams should beat them pretty handsomely. Just looking at the numbers, both at what they do offensively and defensively, they're not that hurt. The Niners are. The Niners have 13 players on IR, for Christ's sake. But... In the division for a game in which the Niners know that it's not necessarily a make-or-break game, but on the national spotlight, dropping two at home, this this is a bit of a pride sort of ordeal as well. No, they're not already officially out of playoff contention, but I mean, you can't drop down to two and four, right? Right? So what type of version are we going to get out of Jimmy Garoppolo on Sunday Night Football? Putting it back, 
So where do I see this going? You know, okay. So Rams are favored by three over under 52. I'll put it right, right there, right at the over under 52. I think that, you know, let's just say it like this. Okay. My heart tells me Niners because the Niners know that this is an important game. It's a must win. Uh, they should play like, I won't say it's like their Super Bowl, but they should play with a very high intensity in mind. They got to have some pride. So you have that on one hand for my head. Actually, my heart. I just heart. My heart. But for my head, I mean, the Rams, when you look at all the stats, all the consistencies that they've done up to this point to go to 4-1, and one, yeah, they should handle the Niners. Um, they would love, they would ever so love to handle the Niners on Sunday Night Football on their turf. But let me go ahead and get the Niners. Niners 28, Rams 24. You're going to see a much improved Jimmy Garoppolo, hopefully. Um, but I think that as long as they play a more balanced, complimentary football game, meaning you get some juice out of the run, you get some good screen plays, a couple of trick pl- I don't know, maybe a trick play would be nice. Uh, but you do, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you pull out some of those plays that you have in your playbook that you had reserved, and you use them right now for Sunday Night Football uh, because this is a game that they have to win. They have to win this game. So Niners 28, Rams 24. I'll let your boy. Let's go ahead and go to the next game in the NFC West. Monday, 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 Monday Night Football. So you have the Cardinals 3-2, and two, the Cowboys at 2-3. and three, And when you look at the record 2-3, and three, that's not that great, but... I, I kid you not. The Niners are two and three. The Cowboys are two and three. But the only difference, well, the Cowboys are winning and leading their division at a two and three record. So I'll just I'll just leave it at that. But the Cowboys are two and three. They're hosting at Dallas. They're hosting the Cardinals on Monday night, and this should be a very spicy game uh, for a couple reasons. One being, Kyler Murray is from Texas. Not only is he from Texas, but he literally is like. I don't know, 30 minutes, all his homies, his hometown, like he's like 30 minutes away from the stadium. So this is a big homecoming for Kyler Murray. And if you think about the stake being on the national spotlight for Monday Night Football, and your offense is rolling, by the way, they're coming off a 30-10 victory against the Jets. DeAndre Hopkins, that connection, that is a thing. Um, Larry Fitz, Christian Kirk, I mean, yeah, it's coming along. Uh, Maybe not in so much the run game, but... Overall, this offense is very much in the mix. And the other thing that's interesting to note is, well, what sort of Cowboys team are you going to get? I mean, this is a Cowboys team that was on paper supposed to be a really good offensive team with a decent defense. But I'm sure you guys saw the news. Prayers out for you, Dak Prescott. I hope you have a very safe and speedy recovery. But uh, he is out for the year with a pretty gnarly leg injury last week against the Giants. And so Andy Dalton steps in for the Dallas Cowboys. Andy Dalton, Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback now. I'm sure that was not the plan. But, you know, I've seen, too, on some websites and some pundits saying, you know what, Dalton might be an upgrade for this offense. And I'm like, no, but hear me out. Um, The pundits are saying this might be better in the long run for the offense because, that means they get back to basics and they run the football more and they have a star running back. They have a decent offensive line. Uh, I'm not buying that. Um, 
because you have a shittier quarterback, you're a better team offensively because you run the ball more. Uh, that I mean, I get that logic, but I'm I'm really not too into that sort of theory. Uh, I think that this offense obviously takes a step back with Dalton. He's more than capable, though. Plenty of starting experience during his time with the Bengals. But, yeah, um, you know, he hasn't played in a bit. He's got some really good receivers, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb. But, you know, I just can't get past the fact that Kyler Murray is coming back home. And I just feel like he's just going to ball the fuck out for his hometown, for his family and friends. I mean, it's just it's just set up that way. Um, I think that both offenses are going to be able to score some points, make it interesting. Andy Dalton isn't like, he's not the, he's not the worst thing, but he's not the best thing either. I mean, he, he's a decent quarterback. They're certainly going to be able to maneuver their offense. They still have Zeke. They still have all their playmakers. But I feel that, you know, all things being equal, I think the Cardinals have more offensive firepower right now, especially with a more dynamic quarterback. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, their defense, I mean, it's gotten better like this past week or so. They did an excellent job against the Giants. But, you know, Jalen Smith and Alden Smith and everything else aside, I mean, this defense is still kind of uh, inconsistent, to say the least. It's not there. And I'm not saying the Cardinals have the best defense either. I think both defenses are... I don't know, just as shitty or just as inconsistent. So it's going to go, go to the offenses. And, and don't tell me any Dalton's going to beat Kyler Murray. I just, especially for uh, for Dalton's first game as a Cowboy under center. I know it's a road game, but I'm pretty damn confident in this game. I think it's going to be fun for Kyler Murray and for Cardinal fans. I think it's going to be fun for DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's going to be fun for... Pretty much uh, most of their offensive players. Um, I am intrigued to see Chase Edmonds, who he only had, what, seven touches last week, but he had a nice, what, 30, 40-yard run. Anyways, I'm just kind of intrigued to see if he's going to take, theoretically speaking, if he's going to compete and threaten Kenyon Drake's role. Uh, Kenyon Drake has been, he got a touchdown last week. He's been nicer, but overall, it just seems that Chase Edmonds has a lot of, a lot more juice to him, so... Just putting it out there for consideration. Where did I see this game heading, though? I think that the Cowboys, despite not having Dak Prescott under center, I think that Andy Dalton is good enough for them to score points. I think that they're going to run the ball more, especially against an eh, Cardinals run defense. I think that the Cowboys at home, that holds some merit, but... You know what? Fuck it. Just just make this a Kyler Murray game. I think that this is going to be really good for Kyler Murray and his fantasy football owners. In which the Cardinals go up and leave 31-24. to 24. For the record, the Cardinals are favored by one over under 54.5. But yeah, I have the Cardinals beating them pretty, uh, pretty convincingly, I guess. So, all in all, that's kind of where I'm at for the NFC West. I know that there's only two games to really talk about in the NFC West. But both of them are prime time. Sunday night football, Rams, Niners, Monday night, Cardinals, Cowboys. I can't wait. I can't wait. Week six, here we go. I hope that everyone out there that's listening continues to stay safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, uh, and try to you know avoid some of these mishaps that you're seeing like throughout the country or... Throughout the NFL, I mean, 
you've seen like several scares, even last week, Jets, Cardinals, um, now, um, Patriots again. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff in regards to testing positive and retesting and false negative test results and blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it's been a bit of a clusterfuck for the NFL to try to manage the testing and the results and try to contact trace and figure things out. A lot of scares that have happened the past two weeks for that matter. And we're into week six right now. I hope that things do continue because I know that some games have already been flexed out and adjusted accordingly. But I still remain optimistic that the season will finish. Uh, I know that a lot of my colleagues feel another way. But let's see what happens, guys. Let's see what happens in the NFC West. So for those that check me out, I appreciate you, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify. Check it out. Twitter, at Just the West. Instagram, at Just the West. And of course, the blog, www.justthewest.com. Until next time, we out here. Peace. <laughs>